hey everyone, uh, so glad to have everyone back. Uh, I'm excited to be back uh, here with you, and it feels like it was just yesterday that I left. Honestly, I am reinvigorated to have our lead designer back. I can't believe you guys ever got rid of him. I am so excited, in fact, that I have decided to make some big moves for Royals and Royals. Yeah, this is a, a really hot announcement. <laughs> Sorry to steal your thing. <laughs> yes, indeed. I have stumbled upon some very cheap land that we will be opening the second location of the Royals and Royals Adventure Architecture Firm right on top of. It's very excited. We are exploring all the options, and I think we have a pretty comprehensive plan in place. Uh, we just have to open that portal to the Fire Realm. Yes, I did buy several acreages in the Plane of Fire. Unfortunately, uh, there's not really a solid enough place to really put a foundation in as of yet, but we are starting the terraforming operations next week. And it's great. It's going to be really close to a very prominent metropolitan area. You may have heard of it. City of Brass. Uh, very shiny. Uh, it's going to be really great also for exfoliating and just kind of cleansing those pores, all of that stuff, if you're into, you know, uh, nearly melting on a regular basis. If you're tired of dealing with your pores, well, guess what? We're burning those right off. That's what our uh, everyone's here to do, right? To stop being so poor. <laughs> See what I did there, Travis? I like it. You're making fun of the impoverished, and that's you're learning after the big guy. So we will break ground as soon as there is ground to break. So yeah. um, we'll keep you posted. Please follow the terraforming newsletter that Ian is going to be managing. Ian, uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, um, um, but yeah. So uh, the rest of you are adjourned. Um, but uh, if any of you who have uh, classes in Druidic. Uh, if you could stay behind, I'd like to uh, talk to you about an exciting opportunity we have on deck for you. Get ready to use Mold Earth for the first time ever. Travis Royals and lead designer Ian of the Hills are tanking their adventure architecture firm. One failed project at a time. If you require their services, write them a letter and they may build you one of their crappy castles. Ian! Travis Royals Jr. Our audio engineer is not here so we're allowed to sing and she can't make fun of us that's true uh we'll probably get emails later but you know we get lots of emails that we don't read ian after adron essentially insisting that she would be on this show forever and ever watching me patrolling me doing my dad's dirty work uh she just went on a vacation yeah, uh, and I think that's great. That's good for her. I think she should probably stay on vacation. I don't really think that I like her being on the show. Well, now you say that, and then I look at all the reviews that say something different. They say things like, ooh, I like, and oh, please more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and I don't know how to kind of parse those two opinions. What, what do you think? I, I try not to think about those. 
Can I interest you in thinking about something different for a while? Absolutely. I would love to think about anything except for our exceptionally charming and talented audio engineer. Here's what I was thinking about thinking about. This is a show in which we read your emails, which basically tell us to make a Dungeons and Dragons adventure for you. And we do that. So we read your email and then me and Ian, he's my lead designer. We come up with the best possible. Uh, Then that was in heavy air quotes, uh, dungeon slash adventure for you and your party. Would you say that's fair? I think it's also fair. I mean, uh, there's uh, many other options you have for uh, your dungeon architecture needs, but uh, we've got the goblin budget to back it up, and uh, we're ready to, uh, you know, slap some torches on some walls and uh, throw a, a dragon or two in the mix. We are the 16th lowest rated adventure architecture firm in all the realms. And I think that's unfair because when you look at our magical item density, right, we actually have more magical items per dungeon room than lots of the leading uh, adventure architecture firms. And sure, people say that that's excessive and extravagant and, you know, of all the things that you can uh, magicify, uh, why would you do it to beans? But we love magic beans. I think this this business has been built on magic beans. Wouldn't you say so, Travis? Um, yes, he's mentioning a time specifically when my father did sell the business for magic beans. And yeah, we do have a lot. He eventually bought it back. But boy, oh boy, we got to get rid of these beans. So... Uh, yeah, Ian kind of outed us there. Most of the magic items are going to be beans. It's really one per chest. Uh, but, you know, they do all sorts of fun things. Treants. Is it treant or treant? Yes. If a treant is truant and doesn't show up for class, what happens then? Mm, I think you're barking up the wrong treant. I've got a letter that I'm going to read now. Hey, Travis, do you have a letter you would like to read? I'm going to read it just now. Dear Travis and Ian, good start. I am an old school dungeon master with a party that's fairly new to it. They say my adventures are not paced very well, that everything moves too slow. Do you have any ideas for fast-moving, high-octane adventures that would help me pick up the pace? Thank you, and Ian, I love you. Catherine Hamlin. It's from Catherine Hamlin. Catherine, I have many feelings towards you, and love is one of them. And as always, I do not love any of you. So Catherine's basically saying the party's pissed. They're, they're standing up in the middle of the sesh. They're leaving. Catherine's taking too long explaining the shape of the runes. She's, <laughs> she's describing the earlobes of all her NPCs to mm-hmm. the nth degree. Yeah. When they just want some balls out fun. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. Well, I think, I mean, if she's describing in such detail, like the player characters, it sounds like really we probably need to have um, probably like just a, an awakened rock, right? Okay. Something's just a lot of NPCs of awakened rocks. They're just rocks and they talk. Now you said that as if there's not a large variety of rocks out there. And that just tells me the little, you know, of geology and geologism. Uh, I'm of the Hills and that's really the extent of my geologism. 
the mountains are where you're going to find lots of, yeah, different kinds of crags, different surfaces, but you're suggesting that maybe it's all just kind of one smooth <laughs> rock type creature yep. and they're pretty ubiquitous from, it's basically like a race of skipping stones. I was almost thinking like a graveyard, kind of like just a bunch of tombstones with mouths on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of, I guess they can be like unmarked. Mm-hmm. Like you don't know who's in them because I could, I can, I can theorize Catherine spending a long time like reading the names on the tombstones. No, uh, uh-uh. the future is awakening tombstones and having them just tell you who's buried there. Oh, that's kind of cool. It's kind of like a uh, who's the lady? She wanted off of Next Generation. They killed her off. She thought she was going to get a lot of movie deals. Tasha Yar. Tasha Yar, played by one Denise Crosby in some dimensions. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, the, the the elemental plane of Trek, <laughs> where she's from. <laughs> uh, Tasha Yar, you go up to her grave. It's got like a hologram that comes out. She goes, thanks for coming by. <laughs> You look like you look like you're ready for a high speed, fast paced adventure, but you've come to the wrong place. You're in a church graveyard. <laughs> when did she record that? Yeah, nothing moves very quickly out here. Um, no, but I think that this graveyard—that's kind of you know where they warn the adventurers. Here's what's going to happen to you when you crash your sweet fucking whip in the death race five hundred. Yeah, and probably that there's a a group of uh, grave robbers that are using the Death Race 500 as a front in order to steal the valuables of uh, the recently deceased as kind of like a cover for it. So um, you got to what's not interrogate. What's the other word that begins with an I? Investigate. Mm, Nope. Interrogate. Is that uh, where we started? I think it's embed. <laughs> embed right. yourself within the death. The uh, what is it? What is it? The death race five thousand. The death race fifty thousand is um, when all of the undead rise up. Mm-hmm. It's really the undeath race. Okay. And you now have to race them in a variety of wacky vehicles. I, I they- love it. Is the leading <laughs> champion? I assume Gravedigger. <laughs> Can somebody please clip that? I love it. Yes, Gravedigger, of course, is the reigning champion. Um, his cart does have massive wheels that will roll over all the other carts. And dig up all the graves simultaneously. It's a multi multi shovel wheels. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Gotta have the shovel wheels on there. Um, that's terrifying. I'm really spooked out. I'm I'm think. I mean, it's a re- yeah. I don't know what more you want, Catherine. This is a, a a race. There's lots of zombies to race. You can uh, c- please come up with very simple names for them. None of this elaborate, long, nothing Vaughn anything. It's just like Greg, mm-hmm. Dirk, Susan, Melp, and you, they don't have backstories because they don't need them. Because well, guess what's happening? You're b- bumping them off the road, and they're going veering off the cliff, and you're never going to see them again. Well, you don't have backstories for them because this is literally the most exciting thing they've ever done in their entire existence on a you know 
deep core soul level, you know, they're, you know, they, I think day to day, they were probably working at some, you know, sleazy architecture firm pushing papers. And, you know, now they get to, you know, join in this exciting race, a race to the undeath. All right. So it sounds like you're aligned then we are using the graveyard behind the office. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, okay, it's, uh, that would be the most convenient uh, for all of us, uh, you know, much less of a, a destination, uh, especially since we are doing these pro bono. Here they come through the Royals and Royals parking lot. Wait, <laughs> somebody's out there. <laughs> He's trying to steal Gravedigger's keys. <laughs> I, I'm surprised you're not into that because then you could charge admission into the for people to park at the parking lot. Uh, oh my God. Are you kidding me? I'm, I'm there with bells on. And these are very dumb people, the audience for these races. I mean, you can sell them anything. They, they come out there, they're tailgating, they're pissed drunk, mm-hmm. right? They need koozies for their beer steins. And- oh, we'll sell Royals and Royals koozies. Yeah. We'll sell Royals and Royals. Wine uh, skins. Wine skins. <laughs> Which, of course, are the delightful skins that form on top of the wine that we have scraped off in the delicious little snacks. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, fr- a wine a wine flavored fruit roll up. Hmm. Hmm, what's that? Whatever it is, I'm drunk. That's the trademark tagline. Um, all right, so someone's been uh, robbing these graves and using this race as a front. Uh, I think there's probably two different ways we could go on this. Right? They. Um, well, let me ask you this. What do you think? Is this a scenario because it's fairly self-contained, like it's all within this race, mm-hmm. that you should probably plan on splitting the party? Oh, you think cart per hmm, cart per person? Or is it just cart. that you have to interact with what's going on on the course, and so you're perpetually dealing with these carts driving past you, over you, under you, around you, through you, all of that stuff. You know, I assume there's mm. probably some spectral ghost cards. Gotta be some spectral cards. Yeah. You know, I think you gotta go with you steal the hearse. The hearse cart. It's mm-hmm. awfully long. It's gonna give you a lot of space for the let's let's say four to five adventurers can fit in this bad right. boy. As long as the fifth is very small. Smuggle your weapons into the coffin, you know, yeah. here. Fill the coffin with explosives. Drop it on the course. We don't mind. Yeah. Look, we got insurance for a reason. Well, also, I mean, I mean, it's not like you're going to kill anybody. It's time for a short break. Hey everyone, it's me, Ian of the Hills. I'm here to tell you all about all the cool stuff that we've got going off. Also, I've got one of my co-hosts, Travis, here. Yeah, I'm on the show. Yep. And we just want to thank you guys and gals and gender non-conforming individuals so much for listening to our show. And we appreciate uh, you guys telling all your friends about it. For those of you who uh, want to follow us on social media, you can at Instagram.com slash Crappy Castles, TikTok.com slash Crappy Castles. And then uh, also, if you want to follow our goings on as well as throw us uh, a couple of your uh, desired monetary currency, we would appreciate it at patreon.com slash crappy castles. This episode is brought to you 
by Travis. I mean, I brought you the episode. I bring you every episode. You're welcome. Thanks for listening. Keep on listening. Please send us an email, wellmet at crappycastles.com. That's going to go right to us, right to my daggum eyeballs. There's not even a middleman on that bad boy yet. And if you email us, Travis might actually tell you that he loves you, like I do. I love you. And I actually respect you, so I will not be telling you that. Let's get back to the daggum episode. So that's one down. How many adventures do you think Catherine wants? I bet we can come up with a few more high speed. I mean, that's, that's look, Catherine, I don't know what more you want than that. It's a bunch of bumping, grinding. It's like a middle school dance. Yeah. Um, hand check. Let's think of. <laughs> Leave some room for God. Okay. So we've got the race. I think that's fun. You know what I feel has been underrepresented in the pro bono adventures that we make on this here cast. Um, I'm afraid to find out, but I'm sure you'll tell me. Everybody got a damn adventure on a goddamn train. Sometimes it's a murder mystery. Sometimes it's a runaway train. Sometimes Tilda Swinton's there and she's making bars out of people. You know why that is, right? Tell me. Okay. So this is just a rumor going around the office. And Mm -hmm. I'm surprised you don't know this, but given your troubled relationship with your father, it makes sense that probably you guys never had this kind of heart to heart. Okay. Making assumptions. Um. Well, your dad used to be super into toy trains, (sighs) but then when he met your mother, she like on their first date, like went on and on about how dumb toy trains are. And he got rid of them ever since. So that's how he met my mother. Uh Uh-huh. How do you now listen, I don't want to pressure test this bit too much, but how do you know that? All right. So you remember when I uh, just, I accidentally got banished when I, like, I kind of did that counter spell thing when you like kind of got upset and like, I, I banished myself. I remember you banishing yourself very vividly. Yes, yeah. Please don't do it again. Um, oh uh, yeah. That was awful. It was so hard being away from you. Um, I, I did meet that company man and him and I were talking and, and kind of just, you know, he, he said he knew your family quite well and, uh, uh, he, he said dad was a train guy. He said dad was a train guy. Yeah. I wonder if that's why dad put him there. He was always ratting him out about his train, <laughs> his train, train interest. <laughs> um, well, let's okay. get back on track here. I think that that my father being a model railwayman must make me very good at this. I have very high expectations about myself now. This must surely uh, running the family. Yeah, um, certainly. Um, I mean, you guys do have a tendency to railroad, uh, our adventurers. So yeah, I see how, um, you have a predilection for it. It's time to do it. Literally either you play the game or guess what? You're going to be strapped to the tracks like a damsel in distress and your DM Catherine, she's going to be curling her little mustache at you mm-hmm. acting just so arch. <laughs> oh yes. Very, very snively. The archest. <laughs> Catherine, the archest Hamlin. Well, what do you think would be a proper incentive uh, for our adventurers to, uh, is this train out of control? Is it just a high speed scenario? Are they? It's a heist because there's a legendary treasure on the train. Mm -hmm. 
It's called the Drops of Jupiter. And it's a kind of celestial totem that <laughs> if you put it in your hair, all sorts of miracles can happen. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Some people think it's a, a tired tale. They say, yeah. oh, that's a very outdated story to be telling <laughs> now. And that nobody's going to understand where the drops of Jupiter is from or yeah. even believe it to be real. Yeah. Um, so you think it's uh, these drops of Jupiter have probably gotten into the engine compartment and uh, the train has gone super high speed to super powered. Sure. Um, maybe some little spilled there. Yeah. The conductor is yeah. crazy with, with power. Mm -hmm. You're really not supposed to drink the drops of Jupiter. I want to just uh, okay. state that for the record. Well, just, you're just supposed to have a couple drops. Yeah. You put it yeah. in your hair. Yeah. No. Yeah. So th this adventure would probably be called like swig of Jupiter then. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Shots of Jupiter. Shots of Jupiter. Okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, train going, go, go train, train go fast. Oh, train go so fast. Train go way, way, way too fast. I think train go so fast that when it is veering around corners, mm -hmm. all adventurers must roll dex checks to go to the other side of the train mm -hmm. quickly to make sure it doesn't just fly off. Do you think maybe alternatively they could do like strength checks to grab other passengers to bring them onto the other side as well to kind of help counterbalance? Absolutely. As long as they're willing to sacrifice that passenger immediately. Uh, okay. All right. Oh, yeah. Because their head will, because when the train launches back down, passenger go through window. I hope it's not Tilda Swinton. She's a treasure. Um, I think that, yeah, it's running away. I think we combine all the train tropes. Like, let's mm -hmm. just, you know, get this thing a roll and that we've got it's moving too fast run away mm -hmm. we've got time to heist it up yeah train heist it's time to go kind of undercover you got to make sure you're wearing a dapper vest you say i'm not a lowly adventurer i'm the wealthiest elf this side of the mason dixon and I assume we're probably going through like up to like 10 towns, you know, in the frozen North, you know, so it's kind of like piercing through all this like snow and ice and right. Of course. Yeah. Of course. How could it not? Um, do you think that uh, there's, uh, I think probably because it's moving so very fast, um, mm. there's gotta be some, you know, like, um, like some speedy, like lightning dragon riders that are viewing this as a challenge. They're probably also trying to rob it at the same time. Oh, that's fun. I like you know, that. Like the, uh, the, the, the train robber motif. So, you know, you're kind of battling them from the outside. Uh, if there's one thing I've learned, you have to go fast. There's gotta be a murder on this train too. Um, okay. So you want a few murders? Yeah. We'll kill a mm -hmm. few people. I yep. don't think this should be a solvable mystery. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think, I think too many mystery, mysteries. The murder, the mystery is murdered by speed. <laughs> it was too yeah. fast. Too fast. They got too mad about it, and they died. It was. It was that goddamn conductor. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when they finally get to the front of the train, you know who they meet there? Uh, Wilford Brimley. Wilford Brimley playing. The conductor. 
Virginia the conductor. And once nope. they meet Virginia. Nope. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> I don't know. And slaughter him. Poor Wilford Brimley. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if Wilford Brimley were, uh, were a treant, he would have. Nope. Don't finish it. Don't, don't, nope. Diatretes. Oh. <laughs> I was really hoping we were going to prompt the listeners at home to write in what the answer to that joke was going to be. Okay, Adrian, edit that out. Let them. That's a fill in the blank. That's a Mad Libs bit that they can submit. Uh, please email wellmet at crappycastles.com and tell us what tree and <laughs> diabetes joke you're liking today. Uh, we'll hear them all and uh, we'll record an upcoming episode and dedicate roughly an hour and a half to reading those off. Um. Okay. Well, yeah, I love this train one. Uh, what else are things that are speedy? Hmm. Speedy. Uh, you could take actual speed. They could just kind of go on a meth bender, all the <laughs> adventures yeah. for a few days, try to survive that. Uh-huh. It's about uh, an accomplishment. You know, uh, I think one of the uh, speediest things is got to be an adventure at a fast food restaurant, right? Yeah. What do you got in mind? Do you, for those not watching at home, speaking of Arch, my man looked like he just tied a little <laughs> damsel to a train track the way he's grinning. Well, you know, it's you got to lie to customers outside and they're, you've got their carts rolling through. You got to get them through that drive through and. Oh, yeah. Got to be a well-oiled machine right there, right? It's like a, you got to make an, you know acrobatics checks to flip those burgers and you know you gotta make persuasion checks to get them to supersize that uh, all that there's absolutely uh an asshole manager mm-hmm. yeah uh you know what i can do this part okay i think it would help me to get back to my roots and just kind of bark at these adventurers for a while okay fry that faster fill that bun with syrup that crunchy thing needs a soft thing around it. Yeah. Um, why is that crust not stuffed with cheese? <laughs> These are the types of things I would yell at them. Yeah. Uh, too much coca in that cola. You know, what, we're going to blow the coca budget. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's just like one shift. These are all very good. Catherine, you should be very impressed and happy. These are so fast. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're giving to you really rapid fire, I feel like, as well. We are creating adventures in 30 minutes or less or your pro bono money back. What else are things that are fast? You know what? What if they had to like get in with a, like a centaur gang? Oh, a centaur gang, you say. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Oh, wait, tell me what you're thinking here. You know, these guys... These centaur guys, these centaur guys are yeah. always just running really fast down the road. They're mm -hmm. very loud too. Like they've added like <laughs> lots yeah. of percussive instruments to their hooves to make just so much fucking noise. Yeah. They all got those tap dancing shoe horseshoes. <laughs> they've gotten their necks elongated <laughs> to be like way too high. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They've, they've, they've took it. They've taken all of those uh, nerf footballs with the whistling things in them and they put mm -hmm. them in their elongated necks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
and they're like, "Born to be," and you're just like, "Oh my god, here come those fucking centaur gangs again." Yeah, I think they got to get in good, and if they're not centaurs, they're gonna need to make a convincing centaur, <laughs> yeah, costume. Uh, and you know, um, I think that this one, I think that you're really gonna benefit from having a ranger in the group, uh, and we could call this one "Highway to the Ranger Zone." That's cool. I can hear the logins now. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe they like have to get in good with this centaur gang, go and uh, to their their bar brawls, you know. But really, they're digging for info because they've got to write a a uh, in depth piece. Yeah, um, for the it's- Rolling Stone, which is a magazine, of course, run by the Stone People, established <laughs> the Skipping Stone. <laughs> They yeah. have to write a piece for the Skipping Stone, which of course is the magazine that the Smooth Stone people established at the beginning of this episode. Have uh-huh, the Stone Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, the I, I like this idea. I also imagine that they probably are have a like rival beef with uh, no pun intended, or maybe it was. Yeah, it was uh, with like the Minotaurs, you know, and so that they've got these like. Oh, leather yeah. jackets made out of Minotaur skin. And then, of course, the Minotaur gangs, they've got these leather jackets made out of horse hide. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, you know, pretty, you know, tribal and feisty. It's a mostly, it is, yes, a turf war, but also just a war over vests. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, hey, man, I don't really like that vest you're wearing. <laughs> and I guess that's true about all these gangs. Um, let me ask you this. Do you think that the, um, and now I think I'm trying to think of the exact same I word and I'm going to go with a a different E word just as you have done. Mm -hmm. Do you think that the adventurers get a little too embroiled with the centaur gangs and like now they feel like they actually need to kind of stick up for them in the minotaur street wars? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, you know, they, they get to know them as individuals, right? Like it's easy to chastise these uh, centaurs as being these junkies for, you know, high speed and, and uh, adventure and, and just, you know, blood sport. Right. But like when you get to know them on an individual level, you know, they've all got, you know, horse hearts of gold. And of course they will need to eventually perform surgery on the leader of the centaur clan to remove the gold from his heart. I mean, it's a terrible condition. They can't live like that. And they'll probably have to replace it with a minotaur heart. And that'll be really the kicker, you know, like kind of maybe settles this once and for all and kind of maybe brings everybody down. And they find out that they're all just kind of one big herd. Half centaur, half minotaur. (laughs) We call that a tar tar. It's got me craving fish. (laughs) <laughs> oh, does it? <laughs> um, you know, uh, it's interesting that you say fish because uh, there's actually some very speedy animals within the ocean. Tell me about some of them. <laughs> and also, that's a weird lead. <laughs> it's funny you say fish because some things in the ocean are fast. Uh, well, we don't always get such seamless uh, transitions in this podcast. So I Ooh, now you know like it's a- fast as a segue. <laughs> get the adventures on some of those bad boys. Tilt uh, for their freedom. Oh boy! 
Tell okay, me about yeah. these fish. No, 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 no. I want to do your segue tour. <laughs> All right. So this is a segue tour through Neverwinter. They are some of the worst segues. They booked this segue tour on the cheap. And boy, oh boy, are they having to roll some checks to make sure they don't fall off these bad boys. They are weaving in and out of traffic. They are helmets provided. Helmets not provided. Ooh, really that's living the, on the edge. That's what the film version is called. And they actually all get uh, a message on their walkie-talkie that says they have to go over, um, what's the top speed of a Segway? 25 miles per hour, or they will explode. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, yeah. So people are probably trying to catch up to them, but who can go faster than a Segway? Certainly not a horse. Never a horse. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they just got to, like, while riding the Segway, be, I guess, Mm -hmm. performing some amateur mechanicry on it to make sure it goes faster, like turning the governor screw or something. Yeah, I I like that. And they're, I mean, they're probably all, I imagine, like, flocking together because they're on, like, a pre-recorded track of, like, tour around the city. Yeah, they're in in flying V formation. Mm -hmm. They've got the the terrible rusted little bell. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on the top of the Segway that they're trying to bing bong at people, but they're not really hearing them. Yeah. I mean, it's a recipe for disaster. Uh, yeah. That one's it, not really an, if they will die, it's more of a win. Uh huh. I imagine probably the, you get the most points depending on how much of the city you see before you die. Yeah. I like that. Catherine. I, I hope that these are landing with you. Sure. Uh, the adventurers die at the end of all these. <laughs> But it does sound like you are due some revenge. Yeah. Also, it sounds like uh, Catherine needs to get these players who are newer to cut their teeth a little bit. And I think the best way to get some experience playing D&D is to have your players die. TPK. Exactly. I think that's going to work great. And then guess what? You'll see them again in the sequel at the Undeath Race. Exactly. Yeah. Chain all of these together and man, you're going to really get some really experienced players and they are going to appreciate all your descriptions of your lobes. So you got a nice little loop here. Let me try to remember everything we said. Mm-hmm. Some of these, when we do these recaps, by the way, everybody, some of them I'm like, this is going to be fun. I know what I'm going to say. I only vaguely remember one of the things that I have said in the last <laughs> half hour. <laughs> So let me see. Uh, Ian, you want to keep score for me? Yeah. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, start your engines. First up, it's the undeath race around the Royals and Royals offices. Watch out for the gravedigger. His shovel tires are going to make quick work of you and put you six feet under. You want to say you want to say one? One. All right, next up, and this one I know really good, is the train. That's right. (laughs) We're combining all train tropes into one capital T train. It's runaway. It's in the snow. There's been several murders. Make sure that you stay to the right side of the train as it's coming around the tracks so you don't get flung off, because you do got to get those drops of Jupiter back from the conductor. Um, who has lost his ever-loving friggin' mind on that sauce. Take two. Next up, I think I just said do meth. 
Three. Work at a fast food restaurant. I'm the manager. I'm going to bark at you. I'm going to tell you what stuff to stuff. I'm going to tell you what crunchy things need to be soft around. You can go ahead and ding that one. Four. Then you're getting embroiled and embedded and embezzled with the Centaur gangs. You're going to only be there to write a piece for the Skipping Stones magazine, but once again, you will start to feel for them and you'll have to kill the Minotaur and I think perform surgery on the Centaur very quickly. It's like a ticking time bomb. Bing. Five. And then last but not least, of course, there's the Segway tour through Neverwinter. But oh no, you got to stay above 20 miles per hour. These bad boys are going to blow the fuck up. Bing. Six. And it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And once they're dead, they're back in the undeath race. And that is just a perpetual cycle that you can play with your party as long as you want. Bing. You have completed the race. Ian, I think we can put a pin in this bad boy. How you feeling? Hey, I think we're off to the races with this one. It's uh, really exciting. And then the episode ended. And everyone had popcorn. Wow. Now those were some bad ideas. If you'd like the boys to take a shot at designing your dungeon, free of charge, send a raven to wellmet at crappycastles.com. We prefer letters that give us enough, but not too much. We'll let you decide what that means. If you want more of the adventures ad-libbed on this show, head to patreon.com forward slash crappycastles. Any silver you can spare is much appreciated. Original music, audio editing, and bardic inspiration provided by Adron. Find her at adronmusic.com. Our theme song is Piss Fader by Tobacco. That's P-I-S-S Fader by the one and only Tobacco. As always, Ian was played by Ian, Travis was played by Travis, and you don't get to know who I am. Till next time, keep it crappy. Hand check.